You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. When it comes to God's eye, his eye represents, number one, his omniscience. God knows everything. There is absolutely nothing. God is not a genius in. He knows everything. Whatever you put on the table, God can give you an answer. When God tells you he's going to do something, all he has to do is think it and it'll manifest. He specializes in hard cases. Hard cases being what men consider impossible. Sarah and Abraham tried for years to have a baby. Didn't happen. And so God showed up. Through angels or messengers to indirectly give Abraham a message in reference to a child. Now, when the Lord showed up to Abraham, Abraham was up in age, almost 100. Sarah was almost 90. And so the Lord said to folk that in our day and time would be great, 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 great grandparents. Y'all getting ready to have a baby. Sarah laughed. And, and God being omniscient. Knew that Sarah was questioning his ability. And put on the table in reference to Sarah, you think there's something too hard for me? And just ask a point blank. Do you, do you think that, that there's something too hard for me? And then told her, I tell you what, according to the time of the birthing cycle, nine months, you're going to have not only a baby, you're going to have a boy. And just to show as we are at a place of refuge character on Sunday morning, Sarah had a baby. 
she had a baby. Letting her know that when it comes to God, he specializes in hard cases. Letting her know without question that God is omniscient. He had her eyes on her while she was trying to eavesdrop on the conversation. He had his eye on her. And what he told her, it came to pass. We got to give God the praise for being omniscient. He knows everything. But God's eye also represents his favor. God is the kindest person you'll ever meet. There is nobody more kind than God. Who else will look at your mess and say to you, if you ask me to forgive you for your mess... Not only will I do it, but I will clean you from all of your unrighteousness. Matter of fact, I'll do more. I'll make you into a new creation. That's the reason 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things have passed. And God is so awesome at what he does. He tells us, behold, a look. Check yourself out. Everything is new. How many can look at yourself right now since, since Christ and you, you can admit that 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 is right? Shout at somebody, I'm a new creation. Shout at another person, say, God did it. From the crown. To the sole of my feet. I don't talk like I used to talk. I don't think like I used to think. I don't do dumb stuff like I used to do. Because some of us used to do some dumb stuff. Some of us used to do some dumb stuff. But look how intelligent God done made you. Who would have thought you would be in the position you are right now? Who would have thought you would be as blessed as you are right now? And it was because God showed kindness to us. He manifests his kindness in in what we call mercy. And the scripture says about God's mercy that it endures forever. Nothing can stop God from being kind to you. Nothing can stop God from showing you his favor, his mercy. So his eye represents his favor, his kindness, his blessing, his mercy. And keep in mind again, nobody can show you kindness, favor, or mercy like our God. Now let's consider some things in scripture in reference to God's eye. Let's go to the fifth book of the Bible. 
Or is it the fourth book? Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. Consider Deuteronomy and the 11th chapter. I'm going to start at verse 10. The book of Deuteronomy, the the 11th chapter, and we're going to start at verse 10. And I want you to notice uh, the words carefully. And I want to point out the implication of what the text means in reference to God's eye. Deuteronomy 11 and 10. For the land which you go to possess, and the you being Israel, is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys which which drinks water from the rain of heaven. Let them know, look, you ain't going to have to get no water holes and, and be watering every day. The land I'm taking you to, God going to make sure you get some rain. Verse 12. A land for, a land for which the Lord your God helped me. The eyes of the Lord your God are always helped me. From the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. Now notice the implication. When God cares, he keeps his eyes on you. Notice how how Moses broke it down. He talked about how God kept his eyes on the land he was giving his children. He kept his eyes on it because he cared see God is omniscient he sees everything but he he pays special attention to that or who he cares about that's the reason you didn't get hit by the car cause God cares for you That's the reason you got hit, but you didn't get killed. God cares about you. That, that, that's the reason when, when you look at what's been happening in reference to the, to your friends that you came up with and and you notice that a whole lot of them have died, but you're still around. That means God cares for you. Why does he care for me? Because he has something for you. He is not done with you yet. He so cared about the the land that he was giving Israel according to the text to where he made sure it was going to stay a certain way. Wouldn't allow drought to set in. Made sure that that it was getting watered and, and he watered it himself. Sent rain from heaven. See, God can so take care of you even when you don't have a job. God will make sure your needs are met. 
Even when the, the doctor says that, that, that is no longer this, that, and the other in reference to what's going on with you, you're just going to have to do what you can. No, God will step in and God will do exactly what needs to be done. Why? Because he can do anything save fail. Why does he do it? Because he cares. He cares. He cares for you. And don't ever allow anybody to tell you otherwise. Don't allow your situations to tell you that God don't care about you. God loves you. He cares about you. Y'all all right? Let's go further. Let's go to Psalm 32. Right next to our primary text, Psalms 32. We're talking about God's eye in reference to what the scripture has to say about his eye. Psalm 32 and 8. Notice the wording again carefully. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to make sure you don't go down a path you don't have no business going down. I'm going to make sure you don't wind up with a job you don't need to have. See, see, some folks just want a job based upon the money. The salary that they are being promised. The hourly wage that, that folks are telling them. No, that, that's the wrong thing when it comes to a job. Your thing needs to be, God, where do you want me to work? If God tells you to take a job that's a minimum wage job, you better take it. Even though you can get a job on your own, making five times more. If God tells you to take that job, it's going to be a blessing in it that you, you are not able to see, naturally speaking. <laughs> you mean God to tell me to take a minimum wage job and, and folk offer me something five times better? Yeah. Because you can get something that, that, that'll pay you five times more, but it may not last but three months. <laughs> then again, it may last 30 years, but the whole time you're on that job, you're miserable. But see, if God bless you with a job, whether it's a minimum wage or what have you, the end of it going to be Proverbs 10 and 22. If he bless you with it, Proverbs 10 and 22 says, the blessing of the Lord makes one and he has no sorrow to it. So, so the question needs to be, did God tell me to take this? And if he did, you're going to be rich even though it's not the salary you want. You don't worry about that. The question being again, did God tell you to do it? 
And that's the reason it's a blessing to have God's eye in our life. Because, notice again, according to the text, he will guide you. Tell you exactly what you should and shouldn't do. Yes, he will. And some of us, we know it because some of us, we decided to do what we wanted to do. And you've been unhappy ever since. You wanted that. Because all you were looking at is the figures. Oh, man. Good God. Ain't never made that kind of money. Yeah, but did God tell you? See, because if you look at it and don't ask God, it says about you in one sense that you love money. And like it or not, the love of money is a root. Not just of one kind, but all kind of evil. In other words, you opening yourself up to be attacked. Before you sign the, sign the dotted line, before you agree to start working for somebody, you need to know without question that it's God that's telling you to do it. He'll guide you. That's what his eye does it guides you let's go let's go just a little bit further let's go to psalm 101 it got quiet when i said that i, I, I don't know what's going on with you i'm gonna go ahead and teach though psalm 101 and 6 my eyes shall, shall connotes a promise. I promise you, my eyes are on the faithful. Notice, of the land are the faithful that are in the earth. He's looking at the faithful in the earth. Notice this, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve me. But notice, he's looking at the faithful, looking at your behavior, looking at your ways, checking out how you're thinking, talking, and acting. See, see because if God is watching the faithful and he notices that your behavior is in line with his will. You can expect him to do some great things for you. A faithful man, according to the scripture, will abound in blessings. When you're, when you're faithful, you're going to walk into blessings. When, when you're fa- faithful, you're going to receive expected and unexpected blessings. When, when you're faithful, you're going to receive blessings that just overtake you. Let me break it down a little further. When you're faithful, expect Luke 6 and 38. Good. Press. 
shaken and running when you're faithful. Why? Because God eyes on you. He looking at you. You know what? That girl have been faithful and, and it's time for me to bless her because she been faithful. And see, God does not have to get anybody to vote on whether he's going to bless you or not. God does not bless you based upon your employment. If you're faithful, he will cause blessings to come your way. How many believe that? How many have experienced that? Now let's go back to our primary text. We know who, we know what it means for God's eye to be on us. But I want you to notice according to Psalm 33 and 18 that the psalmist identifies those who God's eye is specifically on. Number one, those who fear him. Those who fear him. To fear, theologically, is to worship. To worship. Real worshipers praise God in the church. And outside the church. I was waiting to hear if uh, St. Mel's mother gave him the glory. I didn't know if she was in the post office or where she was at when she received the blessing. But how many know when God bless you, you don't say, well, when I get outside, I'm going I'm to praise. No, I'm going to praise him wherever it is. I don't care where it is. I'm going to praise him. They can have over a big, a big sign saying no worshiping God in here. I'm going to break the law in that. Matter of fact, just ask your neighbor, will you praise him anywhere? If you don't want me to praise God at your house, don't invite me there. If you don't like folk praising God in public, you better make sure you don't go nowhere with me in public. I have praised God at the graveyard. I have praised him in a ditch. Wherever he sends his blessings, that's where I'm going to praise him. You know, them folk over there at Place of Refuge, they like to dance, throw their hands, hallelujah, shout, and you better know it. Because if I sense the presence of God coming down in, a, in an unusual way here at the church, I'm going to take my praise to another level. If he drop in my spirit, better is here and better is coming. I'm going to heal. I'm going to deliver. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Wherever it happens, I'm going to give him the praise. When you fear God, you are a worshiper of God. But understand this. When, when it comes to fearing God, it, 
it speaks of a person that has chosen to serve him. When you fear God, you, you have chosen to serve him. You were not coerced into serving him. It was of your own volition that you made the decision. So let's consider what the Bible says in reverence to those that fear him. Let's just look at a, look at a couple of things. Let's start in what should be a familiar scripture to you. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. 14 and 26. You might know it. Proverbs 14 and 26. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. His children will have a place of refuge. Folk that fear God have some strong confidence. And when you got strong confidence in God, folk will talk about you. Yeah. Even folk who say they Christian would talk about you. You know, it, it, it's amazing before what you see happen, I would tell folk who were Christians, you know what, God getting ready to do some mighty things over there on Jersey Street. And they would look at me like, Jersey Street. You, you talking about down there where the club is? You go, a church gonna be down there where the club is. Do you know the club ain't gonna let no church come down through that? I said, I'm telling you, God done told me that was the place. One guy even had nerve to tell me, well, I'm from Missouri, so when it happened, I, I'm, I, if, if it happened, I'm just going to have to see it. He was one of the very ones when, when, I got, when we got the permit that I said, look, I want you to come and see. I want you to come and see. See, when you fear God, you have strong confidence. You have unusual confidence. You look for God to do what Paul talked about. You look for him to do what eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard. You look for God to show up when you ain't got a dime in your pocket. You look for God to turn situations of failure completely around. You look for God to open up the windows of heaven, pull you out of blessing. You ain't got room enough to receive. You look for God to cause your ending to be better than your beginning. You look for God to change this, that, and the other for the better in your life. Am I talking about you? You got to have some strong confidence. That means when your back is pinned to the wall, not just against the wall, but it's pinned to the wall, you are trusting God to bring you out of that situation. That's what you call strong confidence. And somebody in here this morning, you facing something. It, it's going to take some unusual faith for you to come out of, of what you're facing right now. I wonder if you've been preaching to yourself. I wonder if you've been encouraging yourself. 
I wonder if you've been having your own praise party. I wonder if you've been having a secret revival at your own house. Where you've been going before God strong. Letting him know you are expecting the unexpected. You are expecting a turnaround. You are expecting him to do what folks say couldn't be done. Because you just believe that he has all power in his hand. You better high five somebody and tell them I got some strong confidence. Oh, and the miracle that I'm looking for God to do, it's going to take some crazy faith. It's going to take some crazy confidence. It's going to take believing God like I never believed him. That was a question asked. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? We ain't got no food around here. We ain't got nothing to drink around here. We in the wilderness. We in a barren place. We in an empty place. Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? God said to Moses, I'm going to show him I can prepare a table in the wilderness. Take that staff that I've been using to perform miracle after miracle and just tap that rock right there and you will see water come forth. Wait till around this time tomorrow and you're going to see quail just falling from heaven. Then you're going to see manna something you ain't never tasted before falling from heaven. And I'm going to let you and Israel see that I can prepare a table in the wilderness. Say to your neighbor, when you got fear, you got confidence in God. You just believe that he going to do the impossible. All right, sit down. Let's go back to teaching. Notice the second, second group that he talks about in Psalms 33. Those that, get this. Hope. Let's read the verse again. Look at this. On those who hope in his mercy. God got his eye on folk that hope in his mercy. The root meaning of mercy is reward. That means you expect him. reward. You, you have folk talk about you. Every time I hear you, you talk about you waiting on God to bless you. And what's wrong with that? Anything wrong with that? That's what he does. That's what he promised. He told Israel in blessing I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. Well Lord what does that mean? You're going to live above only and never beneath. I'm going to bless you to the point to where you're going to be the lender and not 
the bar. I'm going to bless you to the point to where I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. When an enemy comes trying to get your stuff, I'll be the main one to tell that enemy, you better not touch my child. I'm going to bless you to the point to where your haters going to say, that's a blessed woman. That's a blessed man. His eye is on those who hope in his mercy are those who are looking for him to Reward a blessed them. One, one thing that, that I really want you to understand about God's mercy. God's mercy is always connected to his goodness. You, you can't separate God's goodness and mercy. Even when you read scripture that, that tells you his mercy endures forever, you, you have to automatically say that's a good thing. <laughs> Even though good is not in that particular verse, you, you, you look at the implication, oh, that's a good thing because his mercy going to be with me forever. God's mercy always accompanies his goodness. So, so when I'm looking for God to reward me, I can expect it to be a good reward when it comes to his mercy. I got to show you what David said in Psalm 23. Go that way, Psalm 23. Now David starts off in verse 1 by saying, Psalm 23 and 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Now that's a big statement. David said, you know, I ain't worrying about no need. Can you imagine getting to the point to where, oh, a bill. I ain't worrying about that. Oh, we need to get that out the way. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Even though you ain't got no tool to do it, you still ain't worrying about why the lord is your shepherd somebody tell you well if you're gonna get this it's gonna take such and such yeah i hear you but i'm gonna get it how can you say it with that much confidence the lord is my shepherd it's gonna happen by friday you act like you psychic how you know it's gonna happen by friday no, I ain't psychic. I just know what God told me. And if God said it, he going to do it. Why? Because once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him empty. God has a word that he deems a fulfilling word. That's the reason when God tell you something, get out the way. 
and let the word do what has been sent to do. If God tells you he going to bless you, get out the way. Don't try to put your hand in to help God out. Just let God do what he do. I'm going to bless you, Walker. I'm out the way, God. I'll just keep praising you. I'll keep doing what you told me to do until you allow that blessing to fall on me. See, some folk get in the way and hinder the blessing of God from coming forth. Shout at somebody, let God do what he do. David again said, the Lord is my shepherd. I promise I'm not going to want. Verse 6 is what I want to get to. The first part. Surely. Goodness. And mercy. There go that combo. Shall follow me. All the days of my life. Man, ain't this true though? You can be on a trial and then all of a sudden, here come goodness and mercy. You can be going through it in your mind and then all of a sudden, here come goodness and mercy. Why is that? They follow you. They follow you. That, that means on your worst day, expect goodness and mercy. On my worst day? Yeah. Why should I expect it? They'll follow you. How often? All the what? Of your what? That means every day going to be a good day. Because every day child of God, as long as you submit to God as your shepherd, you're going to experience goodness and mercy unless you get crazy. Because you can kill it with your tongue. Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and in the power of the there Ain't no mercy happening my way. You just kill it. They ain't gonna, they, you just kill it. I thought it was going to happen, but it ain't going to happen today. You just kill it. See, when you get taught, learn better. Just like, just like right now, some of you say, you know what? I'm going through something, but goodness and mercy going to show up today. And if I go through something tomorrow, goodness and mercy going to show. Why? Because goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I just believe that. No, I, I need to, I need to, I need to reverse that. I know that. I know that. And look what he said. He, he knew it. You tell that by the word, surely. Cause surely equates truth. And when you know the truth, Deliverance gonna happen. John 8, 31, 32. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you 
free. Deliverance will happen. What is God's deliverance? Salvation, protection, and prosperity. You read Psalm 23 in its entirety, you'll see. You'll see God's deliverance. His protection. And his prosperity. But get in your spirit that God I is on you to the point to where goodness and mercy going to follow you all the days of your life. Well, my cousin went through this and it, and it didn't turn out well for him. That called God's eye ain't on him. He hardened his heart. When God told him to get right, he rejected God. But you received God. So, it, so it's a different situation. How many understand? Those who hope in his mercy. So how many know without question God's eyes on you? And you're happy that it's on you. And you know that you're going to just keep fearing him. And keep hoping in his mercy. I'm done. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.